1: We are going
2: to meet you today right where you live, which is to say in your sweatpants. (laughs) I'm wearing sweatpants. I own four pairs of sweatpants I figured out today. And these are my sort of dress ones. The other three I bought all at one time off the rack at Marshall's, recognizing some kind of gigantic deficit in my sweatpantry. So um, we're going to talk about sweatpants. We're going to talk about the fact that they're kind of here to stay maybe or aren't they we are going to talk to a person uh, in the second segment who is contra sweatpants a fashion editor who feels like we should put our man pants or woman pants on even if we're not at work we'll also talk about what kind of sweatpants there are, are out there how high can you go up the sweatpant uh couture ladder uh, and we'll also talk about a phenomenon that i barely am able to articulate here even at the beginning of the show But it is about men in gray sweatpants and what sorts of uh, feelings that stirs up in a very specific visual way. You either know what I'm talking about or you don't, and we will explain what I'm talking about to you when the time is proper. Right now, we're going to begin with uh, Rachel Tastian, uh, a style writer for GQ. Uh, who has written about sweatpants, has written about the idea that indeed uh, they may be here to stay. We are living in the age of sweatpants and never going back uh, is the headline. Rachel, welcome to our show.
3: Thanks for having me, Jonathan.
2: No, actually I'm Colin, but you could call me Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) I would like it if you would call me Jonathan just this once. So um, I don't know much about fashion, but I do know, even I know, that sweatpants for women it turned into sort of a, well, an occasional fashion runway item within the last 10 or 20 years. One of the driving forces, I think, was the yoga mom. Uh, I think there was also kind of a conflation of yoga pants, sweatpants, and like the fashion velour tracksuits that were pioneered by Juicy Couture. So it really isn't the case the way that I understand it, that we really got into our sweatpants just because of this pandemic, right? They were already all over the place.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've been seeing a shift um, towards sweatpants and I would argue maybe away from denim um, in fashion and just more generally in style in the United States for at least the last decade and a half.
2: And so, yeah, the big loser, uh, if sweatpants are winning, you would argue in your piece would be jeans, that sweatpants or whatever were the, the, the sort of, it's really kind of a category sometimes known as athleisure. But yeah. what, what, whatever athleisure is, it's eating the gene, right?
3: Right. Well, I think I think what's happened is it's not necessarily like the jean has gone out of style. It's more that, you know, when we think about iconic American fashion, obviously we see the blue jean. And in a certain way, over the past, you know, 100 years since the beginning of the blue jean, the blue jean has represented in many ways to many people the American dream, you know, this idea of possibility you know, of exploring the West of liberty and freedom. And I think a lot of people have started to feel over the past decade and a half that America doesn't necessarily stand for that anymore. I mean, it does in many ways, of course, um, but that's maybe not the ideal. And I think for a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, you know, the sweat pant is all about earned leisure time and relaxation. And at a moment when You know, certain people feel like they, uh, you know, no matter how how many hours they put in, it's never, you know, enough to make ends meet. And on the other end of the financial spectrum, there are people who feel like they can never work enough and they want more and more. This idea of taking time off and relaxing and, you know, sort of being able to not work is the American fantasy, I think. (laughs)
2: Right and I think there's sort of another you know if we're going to be semi semioticians about this I think there's sort of another thing that goes on here which is that yes the blue gene uh the genes were init- initially the clothes of the working man, the hard working man, and then they were sort of co opted by people who didn 't really do that kind of harder physical labor uh, and th- then they of course grew into being a fashion item and the sweatpant, there 's a little bit of that going on too i mean I, there are an awful lot of people who wear sweatpants these days who don 't sweat and don 't pant you know <laughs> i mean they're they 're a fashion item you don 't really have to put in any time at the gym or the jogging track to earn your sweatpants status right
3: yeah i mean what's kind of interesting about that um that sort of comparison is that the sweat pant is indeed you know the uh i suppose portmanteau of sweat and pant but it was initially designed as a sort of um you know a, a garment to put on after you've exerted yourself you know so it was designed for athletes after or before they um you know played their sport. Whereas, uh, you know, the blue jean, as you mentioned, is was a pant that was designed for hard labor. I mean, it was designed for manual labor and when then was, of course, you know, kind of uh, cycled upwards into the trajectory of fashion. Um, so I guess what's interesting is that, you know, the sweatpants it sort of has its origins as this, um, you know, before and after working pant. Um, whereas maybe, you know, the blue jean, what what you sort of touched on with that is like, it, it reminds me of the fact, and I, you know, discussed this in my piece, that a lot of, um, you know, even blue collar workers are not doing manual labor at this point, or those kinds of jobs may not necessarily require or work best while wearing sweatpants.
2: Right. So, I or, mean, sorry, well, the... Um the the transition, I mean, one of the sort of linguistic demarcations that you identify in your article that I, I love, we'll have to see whether this really catches on, but uh, a tweet from a guy named David saying, my boyfriend has been wearing sweats so much that he has started calling normal pants hard pants.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I loved that.
2: It's a little bit like a, a catamaran owner talking about single-hulled boats. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> like hard pants may be just sort of a thing that we don't even want to have to. And And there is... I feel as though, well, let me just back up and say in the series The Sopranos, uh, there were a lot of scenes where Tony and his guys would wear these kind of track suits, you know, that look kind of like kids' play suits almost. Mm-hmm. And and I think for us getting back into our sweatpants, there is a little bit of a hearkening back to childhood here. You know, we were wearing sort of soft, comfy things that we might have, you know, been dressed in when we were five years old.
3: Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's certainly part of it. I think, you know, as people were starting to get dressed, especially if they're working from home, um, getting dressed in this kind of pandemic period, um, the idea of wearing something really soft, especially when you can't really interact with other people physically who aren't, you know, immediately among you. You know, it's almost like wearing a pair of sweatpants is like, like a hug or something, you know, it's, it's, it's quite soft. Um, but I think also, you know, with something like The Sopranos, what you saw there was a kind of, um, I mean, obviously part of it is a certain kind of macho arrogance about instead of wearing a, you know, gray flannel suit, you're wearing a track suit. Um, but I think that does point to a certain um, through line of formality between the sweatpants and other kinds of clothes, you know, like business casual chinos. I think what you can do with sweatpants is actually dress them up or make them look more formal than it might first, you know, seem if you're thinking about sweatpants. Um, are, so, all right, th- so that's something to think about as a sort of sweatpants are moving forward in the American fashion trajectory, you know.
2: <laughs> They're not just for mobsters anymore. Um, yeah. So... I have to sort of figure out a way to talk about this without sounding like a total perv. But um, so in the early part of this, sort of between 2000 and 2010, you really did see this new movement towards, and I think it was really led by brands like Juicy Couture, towards these things that were athleisure, but also, you know, a little bit more form-fitting kind of sweatpants or or velour pants that, you know, would look good on a tr- trim yoga mom or somebody like that. but but I think something else has happened here and and I think we have to say the k word There's a whole sort of kardashian driven thing about a different kind of sweatpants that really kind of look like sweatpants too they don't They don't always try to hide it with glitter or little legends and stuff like that, but you're kind of. And I think you'd call it the bodega run look. There's paparazzi are always taking pictures of famous people like JLo and Kim Kardashian. uh, And they've got like gray sweatpants and a T-shirt on because they're off to run an errand. So you could become the celebrity running the errand if you dress like that.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. It's like, you know... Uh, the big shift in celebrity style over the past decade, which was, has become, you know, just as important, if not more important than runway fashion for determining how, you know, most people dress from the average Americans to the most like clued in kind of fashion heads, as you as you might say. Um, but, you know this idea that, um, you know, maybe a celebrity is kind of between two gigs or something is very appealing, I think. And it's, again, goes back to this idea of sort of expressing this um, feeling of of uh, rest and relief with having this kind of time off and this leisure time, this relaxation time, you know, and also kind of suggesting that, you know, you work really hard because I think, when I think of sweatpants and I, or if I th- think of, you know, J-Lo or Kim Kardashian And I often imagine that they're coming from the gym, even if it like Mm -hmm. looks like they aren't coming from the gym at all. You get this sense that somehow they were just putting in, you know, ninety minutes on the treadmill or something. Um, So I think that that's become, you know, such a part of the kind of uh, aspirational aspect of celebrity culture is that you know this kind of suggestion of of working hard. And what you see as well with with the Kardashians and also with. Uh, Kim Kardashian's husband, Kanye West, is this, this kind of, um, I guess you would say, uh, you know, glamorization of what you wear at the airport. I think a lot of, a lot of these kinds of exciting celebrity outfits are things that you would wear at the airport. And what's happening at the airport is that you're going from one important job to the other, Um, or you're flying weekends So again, it comes back to these kinds of ideas about um, when we're on the clock versus when we're off.
2: Yeah, I think there's been a transition in, in attitude, I mean, I don't even have to go back as far as Don Draper and Mad Men, but let's do it anyway. You know, there's a sense that if Don Draper is getting on an airplane, you know, there's no reason for him not to be wearing the same suit uh, that you see him in 80 percent of the time. Um, And and somewhere in between then and now, those many decades, I think there's a shift in attitude, particularly over the last 20 years, saying, okay. when when do I have to look crisp and tailored and well dressed, and when can I just be comfortable? And in, in any time I'm in the latter, I have the latter option. I should exercise that option, right? I should be comfortable whenever I can.
3: Mm-hmm. And I think you're seeing a lot of fashion brands and even fashion editors and sort of insiders responding to that kind of um, desire to calibrate the crisp and tailored with the need to be comfortable. I mean, I don't know if. If you saw, but over the past couple of weeks, Anna Wintour has been posting photos of herself um, wearing tracksuits and she looks incredibly put together, you know. So I think a lot of people are, are really uh, finding their own way to interpret this desire for comfort in a way that accommodates, you know, the need to look presentable, even if that's just on Instagram or on Zoom.
2: And I guess the question is, you know, eventually we are going to get some semblance of our old lives back. I should say, I should also confess that I have been known in 2019, I was known to occasionally show up at work in sweat clothes or sweatpants. And yeah, sweat clothes. And because I was going to go to the gym after work and I only had to be in the building for three or four hours. But of course, nobody's going to the gym anymore either. That's over. Uh, it'll come back. Things will come back. Um, and, and so you sort of wonder, you kind of make the case That um, that this is somewhat here to stay that once people realize that they can get away with being this comfortable um, and also maybe look a little bit stylish if they spend a little bit more money and pay a little bit more attention to the fit and stuff like that, that it's unlikely that we will lose all of the ground that sweatpants gained during this interval
3: yeah i i think that i think that sweatpants have have uh gained a lot of ground and are not going back and i think a, another sort of element of this too is that you know consumers are becoming um, more aware as they become more aware of, of how much uh how much they'd like to be comfortable they're also becoming more aware of you know the environment and their own habits as consumers and you know denim is one of the most environmentally unfriendly things to Produce, um, So I think that that might also perhaps influence this shift away um, from jeans and this this new all sweatpants lifestyle.
2: Right. So, I mean, yeah, uh, denim, I think we did a whole show about jeans at one point, And it did turn out that denim was like not good for the environment and the way that it's kind of washed and the chemicals that they use and stuff like that. It winds up in the water. I mean, whether our sweatpants are eco-friendly, I think, is also another thing we'll have to all have to look into and examine our hearts uh, yeah. and uh, but yeah, I I just want to uh as we roll towards the guest who's coming on, who is going to basically make the uh, opposite argument. Um, uh, you quote Karl Lagerfeld, who loved jeans, and once said the sweatpants were a sign of defeat. Um, and you say, on the one hand, he was totally wrong, uh, everyone wears sweatpants now and sweatpants are perhaps the one true universally flattering article of clothing, if they fit right. They're a sign of victory, you won the game, your record went platinum. Um, and, and so I'm guess, I guess I'm wondering, have sweatpants entirely outlived that idea that you're wearing them because you don't look good in regular clothes?
3: I mean, I guess what I would point out is that um, shortly after Carl Lagerfeld's death, um, which happened uh, a little over a year ago, um, his good friend Pharrell, who is a hip hop artist and producer, um, did a capsule collection with Chanel. And this capsule collection included sweatpants. So I would say that they have actually ascended their, they've moved past their uh, you know, initial bad reputation.
2: All right, so we've been talking to Rachel Tastian. You want to check out her article. She's a style writer for a GQ. Uh, she wrote about the idea that sweatpants uh, are here and never going back. Uh, we're going to transition to another guest within this segment, and so let's hear, uh, it really wasn't Karl Lagerfeld who first said that sweatpants are a sign of defeat. It was this person. Again with the sweatpants. <laughs> I'm comfortable. You know the message you're sending out to the world with these sweatpants? You're telling the world, I give up. I can't compete in normal society. I'm miserable, so I might as well be comfortable. So, uh, we're uh, talking about sweatpants today, uh, and we're making sort of a mid segment guest transition. Um, I-, I should point out again that uh, in the segment after this one, we're going to give you some suggestions. I mean, if you're going to wear sweatpants, Maybe they should fit... Maybe they should look nice, you know, maybe a little bit nicer than the basic things. Uh, and then at the end, we will also discuss the notion, the trope, the meme, whatever it is, of men in gray sweatpants uh, and the thirst that that apparently inspires. But right now we're going to talk to Adam Shorn, uh, the deputy fashion editor at the Los Angeles Times. Uh, he took a tremendous risk, perhaps a greater risk than he even personally understood by uh, writing uh, an essay roundly condemned the modern trend of dressing in sweatpants and related, relatedly frumpy items when in fact at work, but not at work. So uh, let's uh, get him into this conversation. Uh, welcome, Adam Shorn. Thank you, Colin. How are you? Very, very good. So uh, I should confess to you that I'm wearing sweatpants right now. I'm wearing my really I'll nice... I'll
1: confess pants. to you that I am not.
2: <laughs> I was gonna ask, what are you wearing right now? This is not a question I ask other men all that often, but what are you wearing? <laughs>
1: I am wearing my my daily work uniform a pair of levi's uh jeans a brooks brothers non iron button front shirt, and a pair of kuma stamped collaboration sneakers
2: all right so um I, actually i'm wearing I'm wearing new balance sneakers right now, so we're both wearing sneakers okay. in the house uh that's like a whole other topic so right. <laughs> um so I will confess to you uh first of all i i i I loved your piece and I completely take your point. Uh, I realized reading your piece that there's actually an especially pathetic moment in my day almost every day when I realized that I got up and threw a cheap hoodie uh, over the T-shirt that I was sleeping in. And that at a certain point, I at least have to take off the hoodie and put on take off the sleep T-shirt and put on an an awake T-shirt along with my sweatpants. But but tell the listeners what's wrong with thinking about working from home uh, in that particular way.
1: Okay. I want to give it a little bit of nuance. I think you know the headline on that story, which, as you sort of alluded to, I got trolled roundly on Twitter about. You know, it was a little snarky about you know it, it's time to get rid of the wet from work from home sweatpants and all that. There's nothing wrong with it, but for me, the daily ritual. You you sort of you said you know, you, you take off your you know, sleep t-shirt and put on your day t-shirt or your sleep hoodie. You, you you transition in one way, and for me, the transition is to put on the same clothes that I would wear if I was going in to the office. I I don't buy in 100% to Carl Lagerfeld's quote about you know, sweatpants being a sign of defeat. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's part of it's part of the ritual, and you know, I do make a couple other points about even if it's not part of your daily ritual, why you should dress as if you're going to work. And most of that has to do with video conferencing.
2: Right. We'll get to the video conferencing in just a second. But I think there's another argument that's lurking there. Uh, And that is it was actually made years ago. uh, Roy Blunt, Jr., wrote a piece about writers and and things that could help them. And he said that one of the problems if you're a writer and you work from home, as many, many writers do, is that um, nobody else in the house believes that you are just about to write something. Uh, And and you may not even believe that you're just about to write something. So he felt that writers should have kind of maybe coveralls, you know, like guys at garages wear or something like that. You put on your coverall and it says uh, Roy or, you know, whatever uh, on it. Uh, And that sends a message to everybody in the house that you can't be asked to help repot a plant right now uh, uh, because you're about to start writing. And it also sends a message to you. And I sense in your piece that that idea, too, that you want to send a message to yourself that you, you are not a purposeless individual for whom time is going to slip by with no capacity to organize your thoughts or your workload, that somehow or other putting on business clothes says you mean business.
1: Right. Right. They're, they're sort of guardrails or markers. For the day, I, I also have, uh, I have one of those swing arm lamps over my desk. And this is a trick that I learned from my wife who also works from home is that you, you turn that light on and that's sort of like a, in a radio station and on the air sign. So that means I'm working and that's another sign. And yes, I, I feel untethered if I, I need to have some sort of marked transition and, you know, it almost would be easier if I had the commute to go into work because that's the time that I drive into work and I'm getting my head ready and all that. But, but you need some other signifier. And so that's part, you're right, that sense of, okay, I'm starting my day and this is how. You know, I, I also, when I was on deadline in the office, I would have what I called a, you know the deadline hat. And when you were wearing that hat, you know sometimes it was a fez, sometimes it was a sombrero, sometimes it was a ball cap. But if you have that hat on, that means you don't bother me, I'm on deadline. So yeah, it's one of those signifiers.
2: So that that has to do. You got these three R's in your piece, and we're sort of talking about routine, like how you know that you're in your routine. Um, right. And and so the next one is respect, uh, and into this you drag uh, Andrew Yang uh, and uh, President Obama's tan suit. Uh, tell us about this.
1: Right. That is sort of a another. You know, when I'm making this argument about why dress like you're going to be at work is both. When Andrew Yang came out on stage for that first Democratic debate, and you know, it was his signature to not wear a necktie, so it would be, it wouldn't be genuinely him if he wore a necktie in that situation. But people went bonkers, and that also reminded me of the time that remember that time Obama wore a tan suit. The people, I, I mean, believe me, it, people went crazy about it. And why? Because he didn't usually do that. That wasn't a, uh, a look that you saw very often. And we talked about that. Do you even remember what Obama was talking about when he was wearing that tan suit? Absolutely. I don't know.
2: No, no. And uh, actually, if you go back further into the campaign of 2008 um, and 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 his Career that preceded that, Obama also went tireless whenever he could get away with it. Uh, when, right. when he was president, that was really kind of off the table. But I, I actually thought that Obama, just the way that Kennedy was said to have broken the hat—that you know, you know, that that hats right. uh, for men being de rigueur were wrecked at Kennedy's inauguration when he didn't wear one and he really was never seen in one, partly because he had great hair. I was thinking maybe Obama's going to do the same thing to the tie, but that didn't happen.
1: Right, right, and and so. In, in those instances, what, they're, what you're wearing pulls focus from the message you're trying to communicate. And, you know, I, I'm on a Zoom call once or twice a week with the people in my office. And, you know, I'm not used to seeing them in college sweatshirts. And, I mean, I don't usually see that they're in sweatpants or not because we're all, you know, seeing each other from above the waist. But it pulls focus from the message that we're the conversation we're trying to have. And is that because I get distracted easily? Maybe, but, um, that's, that's a point.
2: So yeah, we're sort of moving uh, in then to another R and that's reality. I mean, when we, when it comes to zoom calls and stuff like that, um, there's, there are, we all have multiple selves, right? Multiple versions of ourselves. And the self that you present at the office is not the same as the self that you are sitting around the house. And you might have one or two other theaters of your life where you are yet other people. So there's a little bit of skipping around in those different realities, I guess, uh, depending on how we dress for a Zoom call.
1: Right. And, and, you know, it's very interesting because both Rachel who you were speaking with earlier and myself mentioned Anna winter wearing sweatpants Mm -hmm. in our stories. And for me, I I wasn't condemning her for that. And, you know, she dressed them up really nicely. But for me, seeing Anna winter wearing a pair of sweatpants was like, you know, I make the analogy in the story of that first time you see the picture of Jim Henson with Kermit on his hand, you know, or, or it would be like going to Disneyland and turning a corner and seeing Goofy, you know, with his head under his arm, smoking a cigarette on his break. You know, it just it breaks the reality of what it is. The man behind the curtain in Oz.
2: Oh, I agree. I mean, I used to work for Grace Mirabella, and I can't picture <laughs> who preceded, uh, and uh, and I can't picture Grace in sweatpants, like even maybe you know at home. Um, so, so yeah, I, I guess the real question here, though, is, I mean, you're a you're a fashion editor. <laughs> so does this thinking necessarily apply to everybody I I I, let me just tell you this we have uh, all staff meetings here at the public broadcasting company where I work and it's like 80 people you know and some of the people usually the people who are in positions of some authority and who really you know should and do command respect they get dressed up you know. and the rest of us look like we're in some kind of halfway house so I'm kind of wondering about that does it matter what your role is
1: well, you know, Rachel was also mentioning all these celebrities. You know, if, if you're JLo or Drake or, you know, any of these, or Kanye or Kim, you can wear whatever you want. Um, I guess, and yes, I, I am a fashion editor, so I, I pay attention to these things, but I also know right now, We're all living in a very unprecedented time. And I'm not going to say to someone, I I sort of have mellowed a little bit on my stance since it, since the story first ran, I, you of sweatpants isn't right for me. I think who you are, it it does, it does matter, but it doesn't, I guess that's a, that's a weasel word way of saying it. I I agree with Rachel's assessment that uh, the sweatpants have, Gained a lot of traction over the last couple of months, but I don't think they're ever going to rise to the level of genes.
2: Let me just ask you about this before we uh, we have to move along, uh, as do you, I'm sure. But I. Um... You know, you really did kick some kind of hornet's nest or tripwire or something. I think more so than you would have anticipated, more so than I would have anticipated either. Like it wasn't people didn't say, well, I don't agree with him. You know, people got really mad like you had just trespassed onto some kind of territory that they turned out to be guarding, like fierce wolverines. Do you have any idea about like what what was going on there?
1: Yeah, I said to my wife after I started getting trolled so heavily on Twitter, I I said, uh, you know, like a comedian would say, I think I misread the room on that. Um, I, I think a lot of it had to do with the timing. If you know, and part of it was a response to um, an article that someone else at the paper had written, saying it was okay to wear to, to not wear shoes, to not wear pants at all in your house. So I guess that was sort of a bee in my bonnet when I got started. Um, I, I I think I misjudged, you know, because of the snarky headline on the story, you know, and even before you get into it and you see that, you know, this is for me and I and I lay out my entire argument. Um, I think I missed, I, I think I probably would have softened it maybe a little, even in the headline, even though the story doesn't go as far as the headline did. Um, I think people felt like I was piling on to the, the pain that they were experiencing. And in fact, the, one of the first people to respond to me on Twitter said, uh, I don't mean any offense, but do you have children? Mm. And I responded right away and I said, no offense taken. And no, I don't. And I understand, you know, if you're also homeschooling children, that that's another aspect of it. You know, if you're, why would you get dressed like you going to work if you're juggling all these different things? So I, I think people felt I was piling on and dictating to them that they were less than okay in this global pandemic Mm -hmm. when I was merely laying out my opinion and why it works for me mostly.
2: Well, Adam Shorn, don't beat yourself up. you got a very interesting conversation rolling here. We were very happy to have you here today, deputy fashion editor at the Los Angeles Times on our salute to sweatpants or perhaps non-salute to sweatpants, whatever the (laughs) opposite of a salute is. So we're going to take a break here. Thanks to Adam. We're going to come back and we're going to say, let's assume that you have decided to kind of walk down that sweatpanted road. What kind of sweatpants should you have?
1: hey yeah i need you to do me a favor actually do leon a favor he needs somebody to fill in for him at the newsstand
2: for the gotta go app yeah i can't do
1: it no no you gotta do it i can't do it because i have to fly to denver i already got my sweats on so what Yeah, well, once I got my sweats on, there's no going back. Uh, I got my sweats on. What is it, an immutable law of physics? Once you're in sweats, you can't get out? Newton's law of sweats?
2: It's Jeff Green's law of day over. Listen, I'd really appreciate it. I'm in my sweats! All right. That, of course, is uh, Larry David uh, and Jeff Garland uh, having one of those Socratic arguments that they have uh, about little, you know, sort of demarcation points in life. Uh, So um, our next guest is going to tell you a little bit more about what kind of sweatpants you would wear. Uh, Well, actually, let me just differentiate myself from the headline of this article by Tim Chan, a lifestyle and market editor at Rolling Stone. It's called 10 Pairs of Sweats You Won't Be Embarrassed to Be Seen in If Your Video Calls Go Bottom Up. Um, That posits or presupposes anyway that I would be embarrassed to be seen in some sweatpants. And I think I might have moved beyond that. But but Tim Chan, thanks for joining us today.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: So uh you start with three main characteristics that one should consider when buying sweatpants uh so before we get into style let's talk about fit and materials
0: yeah well obviously we're seeing a huge trend in people wearing sweatpants right now i think just the times that we're going through right now sweatpants convey a sense of comfort and familiarity and so we're seeing a lot of people reach for those sweatpants that they've had in their closet or maybe buy new sweatpants. And I think the important thing to remember is it's perfectly acceptable to wear sweatpants, but just make sure you're changing out of the ones you wear to bed. And so sometimes in bed, we might be wearing really baggy, comfy, loose sweatpants because, you know, we roll around at night. We want to be comfortable. If you're going to wear sweatpants in the morning, try to find a pair that actually can look a little bit smart and polished, something that's a little bit more tailored. They don't have to be super tight, but you don't want them to be hanging off your butt either.
2: Although, I have to say that one advantage that sweatpants have over jeans right now and and jeans and other kinds of uh, pants and trousers is that most other kinds of pants and trousers, you have to go someplace and try them on or order a whole bunch of them with the idea of returning some of them. You have to go into like a fitting room and try on different jeans that somebody else might have already tried on. And in our incredibly and legitimately paranoid environment right now, that is just not happening. And it might not be happening for quite a time to come. So, I mean, I'm assuming that sweatpants, yeah, they shouldn't look baggy, but we're really not not talking about them fitting the way jeans have to fit.
0: No, definitely not. The whole point of sweatpants is comfort. And so you don't want to be wearing something that's going to leave you feeling constricted or just uncomfortable during the day. And I think what's also interesting is sweatpants have an elastic band. So if you're really going to be gaining this quarantine 15 that everyone talks about, at least there's a little bit more give in your pants.
2: <laughs> I hadn't even thought about bringing that up. Uh, all right. So the second thing is materials. And I sort of think, well, actually, I'm wearing sweatpants right now that they're my nice sweatpants. And they clearly are of a different kind of material than that sort of, I don't know, you know, terry clothy feeling stuff that we often wear.
0: Yeah, well most sweatpants are made from cotton or some sort of cotton blend material and that's totally fine. I think where people get into trouble is when they don't wash their sweatpants enough or if they've had them for a long time and the material starts to pill, it starts to fade and really it starts to lose its structure and shape. And so look for sweatpants that are made from this quality cotton fleece material but just make sure you're taking care of them too. And again, one way is to make sure you're swapping out your sweatpants. So what you're wearing at night or on the weekends isn't what you're wearing during the day.
2: All right. Yes. All right. I like the idea of the evening wear sweatpants, but I think they're yeah that, that's for real. So um, first of all, I'm going to recommend that um, a- after you listen to the show, if you're still very interested in this, which you no doubt will be, uh, you should read Tim's articles, 10 pairs of sweats. You won't be a- embarrassed to be seen in if your video calls go bottom up. Uh, it's in Rolling Stone, uh, April 7th. But before they do that, I mean, I don't know, just give them kind of a couple of ideas for the listener. Let's go low end first. You 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 don't want to spend a whole lot of money on this but all your other sweatpants are really starting to look crappy um and crappy looking sweatpants they're not like jeans where they can get distressed in a possibly fashionable way you know when sweatpants start to look bad they just look bad they're all stained or torn or whatever uh and so should we start start down there with the champions you've got like an 18 dollar uh set of uh, sweatpants
0: Yeah, for sure. Everyone's familiar with Amazon. Amazon is a really easy place to pick up a pair of cheap sweatpants. You can get sweatpants for under $20. Again, what you should look for is something that's a little bit more tailored, um, has a little bit more of a slimmer fit, so it doesn't hang too loose or it's too baggy. Um, And Champion's a really great brand. We all grew up wearing Champion joggers and sweatpants, and they make a ton of different colors, a ton of different sizes. Um, You can't really go wrong for a basic pair of sweatpants.
2: So, um, you know, I actually occasionally, even though I'm a fashion failure in every possible way, I have actually been on the web looking for new sweatpants even before the pandemic started. And one brand that I ran into a lot was Mack Weldon. And I noticed Mack Weldon Ace sweatpants are, are on your list.
0: Yeah, well, what's interesting is Mack Weldon is known primarily for their underwear and socks. But what they've said is they've told me that their sweatpants sales have gone up 40 to 60% over the past couple of months. And that's because people are now working from home, looking to stay comfortable. And so these Mac Weldon sweatpants, they call them the ace pants, like an ace of cards. Um they're really more of a grown-up take. You know, they have a little bit of a thicker material, so they hold their shape better. They still have a drawstring way, so they're super comfortable, um, but they just have a smoother, softer finish. So you won't see a lot of pilling or loose threads hanging around.
2: So you tried to keep it fairly practical and, and not go through the roof. Uh, I think your most expensive pair of sweatpants was uh, 180 bucks. Uh, but it's easy to go online and find a $950 pair or a 2000 You can buy a $2,000 pair of sweatpants. Is there any basis, though, for doing that? Would that make any sense even for a fashionista?
0: Look, I feel like fashion designers can always turn something that's super cheap into something that's super expensive. And for a while, a lot of designers a lot of designers were sending sweatpants down the runway during their fashion shows in Paris and Milan. And in my opinion, if that's a look you want to go for, if you want to pay thousands of dollars for cashmere sweatpants, um, go for it. You know, but the whole idea again of sweatpants is something you can wear just around the house, something that's casual. Um, whether you want to wear them out when you're you know, running errands or not, I think that's up to you, but I don't think sweatpants is something that should cost you a lot of money. Right. Also, the idea of sweatpants, too, is you should be able to toss them in the wash and rewear them over and over again if you have to dry clean your sweatpants that's a whole other problem
2: that is a a bunch of other problems at this point so uh, there's a term that sort of started up You know, at the beginning of the show I said I thought at a certain point there was a kind of murking and muddling of terms like yoga pants and sweatpants and athleisure uh, and and, uh, stuff like that but there's also the term jogger or joggers I can't it's always pants and trousers but sometimes you'll see something called a a jogger. So is a jogger just another name for sweatpants? Is they they trying to sell something that isn't embarrassing to buy?
0: Yeah, the term jogger and sweatpants can be used interchangeably. Joggers typically refer to a pair of pants that are cuffed at the ankles. So often with an elastic uh, cuff at the ankle. So it's a lot more tapered. It could be baggier up top, but when you get to the ankle, there's an elastic cuff around it. Some sweatpants don't have that cuff at the ankle, so they hang a little bit more relaxed um, and they hang a little bit more loose. But joggers typically refer to something that is tailored and cuffed at the ankles.
2: All right. So uh, I just want to point out, and I know it was just an oversight uh, on your list, but you actually can get uh, a Bruno Mars jogger uh, from the Bruno Mars store. Uh, that actually I think even has Bruno Mars lyrics printed on it and this of course is especially helpful if you wake up with no jammies Uh, All right, so we have to go take a little break right now Uh, Tim Chen uh, you've been so great the piece is so great check it out on Rolling Stone the pairs of sweats that you would not necessarily be embarrassed to be seen in Uh, let's take a little break and we'll be back
1: hot band
2: smoking Oh taking Take it my arms All right. So I have to thank a number of people, starting with Kat Pastor, who's there in the studio. She's our technical producer, keeps us uh, up and running and makes it possible for uh, others of us, including me, to be working from home. Uh, Also, Jonathan McPants, uh, who obviously is the person who had to uh, produce the Sweatpants show, uh, is in fact the producer of the Sweatpants episode. So uh, thanks to both of them and all the people uh, behind the scenes who keep us running, especially people like Gina Matruda, who fend off all kinds of technical hazards. Uh, All right. So and I should say that when this next particular concluding topic was introduced at the meeting uh, at at our show meeting, I didn't know what in the world was being talked about and neither did everybody, anybody else except for cat cat knew right away what what this whole thing was so i assume that means she's cooler than we are uh but um yeah you might if you're just sort of surfing around on the twitters you might see a picture of some korean rapper or something and it'll say i give you jam noon in gray sweatpants and you might be wondering what 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 about gray sweatpants why would that be important well uh, rebecca jennings is here to explain that to you Rebecca Jennings is a reporter covering pop and internet culture uh, at The Goods uh, on Vox. Uh, She has explained this whole meme, which started well before the pandemic. Doesn't have anything to do with this. Maybe I'll just begin by reading out loud this. There is perhaps no better emblem in the world of coded online lasciviousness than gray sweatpants. Gray sweatpants, of course, are just sweatpants that are gray. But online gray sweatpants are the equivalent of a simpering wink between the digital thirsty. Uh, all right. Even that might need some explaining to, to public radio <laughs> listeners. But Rach, uh, Rebecca, you're here to do this. Re- Rebecca Jennings, thank you so much for joining us.
4: Thank you so much for having me on this very important topic.
2: Right. It's a very solemn uh, issue, obviously, yeah. and we need to uh, treat it with the solemnity that it deserves. So, um, yeah, what is what's going on? What are you talking about? I, you know, the, most people still don't know what this is. Uh, how How can we tell them what it is?
4: So basically, it started as like an online inside joke, like more than a decade ago between women and gay men who kind of, you know, we're so used to seeing women objectified online that it sort of just passes by without comment, really. But I think when it started, actually started on this now defunct social network called Black Planet for uh, black people. And a guy would post a photo of himself and the women in the comments would be like, you see what I'm seeing here, like, uh, so basically the deal with pictures of men in gray sweatpants on the internet is that, um, you can kind of see some things, uh, in, in the, uh, the shadows and, um, uh, there are some words I'm not allowed to say. I've been told on this program. <laughs> so Here, I'm, to...
2: I'm gonna. I'll help you out. Uh, the German, <laughs> the German term which I invented is "Schatten der leichten uh, which is uh, German for groin shadow. Yes, um, there so, it is. So there we. Not to put too fine a point on it, but yeah, this is <laughs> this is a situation where. And so, why would it be? Why would gray be important? You have to explain that part too.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think. I think it's just the simple fact is like most people own gray sweatpants. They're just like a popular co- color of sweatpants. White white ones get really dirty, and black ones don't really have that same. Uh, I don't remember that German word, but they don't have that same <laughs> effect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's Schatten der Leistengegen. You'll it'll be just <laughs> tripping off your tongue in no time at all. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I guess this is sort of. Um, One of the things I like about the concept here, once once it was explained to me three or four times, so I got it, uh, is that there's sort of an uh, implied reticence uh, about this whole thing, you know, in an era where everybody just says whatever they feel like and using whatever language they feel like using. This is there's almost a sort of Victorian kind of coyness about this. <laughs> We're going to say gray sweatpants. We're not going to say because you can see an outline of junk or something, you know, yeah. and and I mean, I, I take it that that is some of the charm of this. Right. You're talking about it without really saying it. hmm.
4: And it's also because when a guy wears gray sweatpants, you assume assume that he's not wearing them you know to because he thinks he looks amazing he's not wearing a tux you know he's or he's not wearing like bondage straps he's not looking to be objectified or maybe he is I think that's sort of like the fun kind of tension there is that you know it doesn't look like you're trying too hard maybe you are maybe you aren't but that's why it's 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 not like the shirtless guy in, in a speedo. It's a random dude wearing some gray sweatpants. It, it's not meant to be talked about in this like, ooh, hot guy. So you have to kind of code it in like a, is this what's happening here?
2: Right. I think, you know, I mean, you know, we've been dealing in various ways over the course of this episode with that whole notion that sweatpants are for people who've given up or you're not trying anymore or whatever. And, you know, that's not what we're talking about here at all. But on the other hand, I, I guess so I have to go back to the wonder bra. Remember the wonder bra? <laughs> uh, so the the one the problem with the wonder bra, I always thought was that you what you don't want presuming that things kind of move forward two people, meet one another and like one another and decide to be even more friendly with one another. You don't want the man uh, after you take the wonder bra off going, oh, would you mind putting that back on again? Uh, (laughs) So the good thing about sweatpants is like, you know, you're not making a huge declaration about yourself if you're wearing sweatpants uh yeah. you're, you're not making any kind of boast and like i never i've owned some gray sweatpants i don't know if i can ever wear wear them calmly uh again now that you've told me all this stuff but it, it it's there's something very entry level about it i guess and that's sort of what you're saying right
4: yeah it's like a democratizing garment you know it's not like you don't have to look like chris hemsworth to to wear a pant a pair of gray sweatpants and have some people on the internet be like, "Mm, I see something going on and it's kind of fun and it's kind of flirty. It's like, I don't know if you know what a thirst trap is, but it's a kind of a way to post a thirst (laughs) trap without, you know, looking like you're trying to post a thirst trap, if that makes sense.
2: Right. And and we should say that one of the, um, there's sort of an amplifying factor of the pandemic because um, there are a lot of people who are either isolated by themselves or at least not with anybody for whom they have any thirst. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so there's a lot of thirstiness being expressed pretty openly uh, on social media. I
4: mean, we're coming off of a couple years on the Internet where it's pretty much everyone's just being horny on main, Another Internet term about just being thirsty publicly. I think as the world gets scarier, it's it's like, who cares anymore? You can talk about wanting to whatever,
2: whatever. <laughs> right. Well, so, you know, I mean, I, I think this probably might have hit its, its peak with the sort of thirsty for Fauci uh, trope. Uh, <laughs> people getting very thirsty for, for Anthony Fauci for complicated reasons. So um, we've only got about a minute or so left. Sh- we should quickly mention there was uh, a gray sweatpants challenge, right? There was like a thing yeah. where you posted pictures. Just quickly, uh, Rebecca, sketch that out for us.
4: Yeah. So basically in 2016, there was this gray sweatpants challenge that started as like a real thing, like, hey, post a picture of yourself in gray sweatpants. And everybody immediately was like, okay, this is clearly like a barely um, concealed, like basically um, uh, swinging contest. <laughs> <laughs> and so people start, people immediately sort of satirized that and would put like, you know, a boom box in their gray sweatpants just to like make fun of the meme
2: or in one case that i have uh, sitting before me right now a uh, a person of, with a christmas tree an entire christmas tree uh yeah. Yeah. coming out of his gray sweatpants all right i think we've stretched the bounds of public radio decency uh, enough <laughs> at least for today anyway uh but uh rebecca jennings you've been great company a reporter covering pop and internet culture at uh, the goods uh, by fox thanks for doing this today
4: Thank you so much. All right.
2: Send all your letters to uh, send them uh, your uh, complaints or whatever to Cat Pastor. Uh, (laughs) Thanks to everybody for listening today. Thanks to Jonathan McPants for doing this. uh, And thanks to, as I say, all the people behind us. We've never been so grateful. Here's Randy Newman to take us out.